Iggy Tan, uh, Managing Director and CEO of All Chemicals, just announced a very exciting joint venture uh, to build 100 megawatts of a new type of battery called sodium alumina solid state batteries uh, and very exciting game-changing technology for the grid storage market, Matthew. Iggy, good to see you. Uh, thanks for coming on and joining us. Uh, so sodium alumina solid state batteries, what is that? Well, as you know, lithium ion batteries are the go-to batteries today. Uh, they're great batteries, Matthew, but uh, there are some challenges with it. Uh, the first challenge is that you've seen on the news, there's, uh, they, they cause battery fires, explosions, and thermal runaways. Uh, so that's uh, something of concern. Uh, number two, they have a limited lifespan. So in an electric vehicle, you're talking about eight to 10 years. Uh, and number three is that they operate in a very narrow temperature range. So you would know that lithium batteries operate around 15 degrees to 35 degrees, and they don't generally uh, operate very well in the cold climates. So we've got a battery now that resolves that problem, the three problems. Uh, our batteries are solid state technology, and essentially it uses salt. Uh, what it does is that it doubles the life of the battery. So instead of eight to 10 years, probably close to 15 years, uh, it's totally fireproof and explosion proof because the chemistry hasn't got the liquid electrolyte like lithium ion batteries have. And thirdly, we have a wider temperature range. So we operate down to minus 15 degrees up to 60 degrees. And essentially, we, because we don't have that liquid electrolyte, it's all solid state technology, we can operate in a very wide temperature range. And these are ideal in very cold climates and very hot environments. Right, okay, so we, we know that um, battery technologies and use cases will change and evolve because it's a re relatively, one could argue, nascent industry as, as it pertains to uh, electric vehicles. But th this, this technology, with um, I think it's with Fraunhofer um, Institute in Germany. Um, it's their technology, and th they've JV'd with you. Why? Yeah. So the we didn't develop the technology. So you're right. If we um, uh, develop the technology in our mm -hmm. laboratories, you would expect the time frame for commercialization is going to be quite long. But essentially, the Battery Institute of Germany, called Fraunhofer IKTS has spent eight years in research and development, and they've already spent 35 million euros in this research and development. And in fact, they even have a 25 million euro pilot plan that are already producing these batteries uh, that will uh, destined for the grid storage market. And they were looking for a partner to commercialize that technology. They were looking for a partner that had land in Germany, that had a background in some battery technology and also alumina experience because the solid state part of the battery is uh, alumina in, in the uh, ceramic tube. So we, Altec, fitted that criteria and uh, over the period we've signed a joint venture agreement where we own 75% of the joint venture agreement to develop a 100 megawatt uh, solid state uh, alumina battery, we call Serenergy batteries, to be built in Saxony, Germany. Uh, very exciting right. news and all destined for the grid storage market. 
Right. Okay. So why 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 have they selected you? Okay, you, you're going to do the commercialization component, but you know you're a relatively small company. Have they gone to other battery manufacturers before you and you've been pushed pushed back, um, or are there comparable technologies out there which are being developed, you know, along alongside this or like within the same time frame? I mean, like, um, I mean, what, what, why you? I guess is the big question. Yeah, I, and we've also asked that question. It's a good question. Why us? Why not a big German company? There are big German companies around. And, and their answer is essentially they're so big uh, and they move so slow, uh, they're not really uh, um, uh, um, entrepreneurial in their, in their culture uh, and they, they tend to, to uh, you know, they, uh, whereas we are we're much more entrepreneurial, we move faster, we can access the funding, uh, and essentially, we're in a good position. We have land already in Saxony. We've really bought the land. Uh, and so it, it was really a, a great fit for us. Right. Okay. So it, can you, let's talk about the kind of commercial terms. We've talked about 75%, 25% in terms of the equity. But um, what are you committing in terms of capital, in terms of time, in terms of resources? Yeah. So the... The, the next step is to conduct a bankable feasibility study for the 100 megawatts. 100 megawatts is essentially 10,000 of these battery units. So imagine a, a very big ESCII. Uh, we have about 40 of these cells in these, uh, this battery, about 10 kilowatts. Uh, and, and the first project is to build a factory that will produce 10,000 of these modules for the grid storage market. So essentially... Matthew, you know grid storage is uh, growing as fast as the EV industry. So it's growing from something like 4 billion to about 15 billion by 2035. Uh, and everyone is looking at grid storage because, uh, yes, you have a lot of renewable uh, uh, power. Uh, essentially, we want to capture that during the day where we're making that power and using it at night. So... That, that's an important part of grid storage. Also, peak shaving or uh, um, stabilization of the grid is very important. And so um, a lot of companies are looking at uh, a battery that can actually uh, do that job. And lithium-ion batteries do that. But what we are saying is our batteries, our Serenergy batteries, are double the lifespan, works in a very uh, wide temperature range, uh, and... And uh, the most important thing, I'm, Matthew, is because we don't have any lithium in our batteries, it's just common table salt. And you know the, the uh, issue with lithium prices, it's gone up sixfold in the last 12 months, and it's putting a lot of pressure on production costs of lithium-ion batteries. Uh, the other area is uh, cobalt. 70% uh, of cobalt comes from the Republic of Congo, uh, and with labour uh, issues and ch uh, child labour issues, the industry are concerned about the ethical supply of cobalt uh, for, for the industry. Uh, also, uh, graphite, 90% of graphite comes from China, uh, and the industry is concerned about the geopolitical risks for one country supplying 90% of graphite for the lithium battery industry. And then finally, also copper. There's two and a half times more copper in an electric vehicle than a conventional vehicle. And there's a recent report that shows that there's not enough copper mines being built or developed to even meet the electric vehicle forecast. So 
because we don't have those ele four elements in our battery, we just have salt and nickel metal powder, uh, we, we are going to be a much cheaper battery uh, source for the grid storage market. Right, so I want to be clear about the you, you kind of you kind of bounce around from grid storage or you know battery storage. And I think we, we've talked in the past about VRFBs as, as a kind of potential solution there. And you're also mentioning electric vehicles and the amount of um, contained metals in there. So the use cases for this are, are, are what? Yeah. So whilst it um, the batteries can go into the mobile uh, business, we are very focused on grid storage because. There is a niche there. Uh, our batteries are very similar in energy capacity to the lithium iron phosphate batteries, uh, the lithium batteries. So they, they produce in, um, um, generally takes four to six hours to charge and the four to six hours to discharge and ideally suited for the grid storage market. We think that the EV market is just too competitive. Uh, the grid storage market is growing as strong as the EV market. And we think that that is the niche that we want to concentrate in for an alternative to the lithium-ion battery. I mean, Iggy, um, so I just want to be clear, with the, with the mobile or EV sector, you say it's competitive, but could this solution be used in any kind of use case for that sector? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it can be incorporated in, in, in trucks and buses and so on. But we're, we're very focused on the grid storage market. So it's ideal for that market. Uh, as, I, I, as I mentioned, uh, the life is double compared to your mine batteries. It can operate in a very cold climate. So, you know, grid storage operates in very cold climates. So this is ideal for that. And totally fireproof and explosion proof. So you can put these batteries in a building, uh, whereas in a lithium ion battery, you can't have them in buildings because of the, the potential fire source. Right. Okay. So, if, so let's, uh, let's stick with the grid um, side of things then, because you're you're here to commercialize this. So, um, how do you go about doing that? Because if I look at the kind of the RFB space, it's very nascent, and there's lots of chat about it for the last few years, but no one's actually said, "Well, th this is the definitive, um, you know, design. Um, this is the definitive route to market." There's no big players kind of really sort of stepping up and doing anything at scale. So, how long to commercialize? How do you commercialize? And we, what, what's your take on moving this thing forward? Yeah. So uh, we we're going to spend the next twelve months. Uh, finalizing a bankable feasibility study for this 100 megawatts to work out what the capital cost is and the operating costs. Uh, but we, we are very confident that we are going to be 40 to 50% cheaper than lithium ion batteries. Uh, in the whole process, we'll get offtake uh, of, of the whole production for the 100 megawatts. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's the plan to commercialization. Right, but it's, it sounds like there's four hours to charge, four hours to discharge. It's kind of got a, it's like lithium-ion uh, batteries. It's kind of got a short uh, burst of energy rather than, again, VR. So I to hark on about VRP. I'm trying to work out where you kind of sit um, in this in terms of specific use cases versus, you know, whatever use cases the VRP end up doing. So is it kind of, yeah. is that the immediate market is let's replace yeah. lithium-ion batteries? Yeah, so it... it, it we're saying that we won't replace the lithium-ion batteries. It's a, it is an alternate to the lithium-ion batteries. Uh, and because it's a very similar to lithium-ion phosphate batteries, uh, it's, it's great at charging and discharging. If you're looking for high power very quickly, like in a, uh, 
in a sports car or a truck, you, you need cobalt and nickel in the, the lithium-ion batteries. Uh, these batteries for grid storage is, is perfect. You don't need that high power quickly. It is four to six hours to charge, four to six hours to discharge. So it works very well. Right. Okay. So you, you're talking about, um, you know, DFSs and so forth and how you can, you know, get pro- progress things in country, in Germany. Um, what about these kind of, you need customers, right? You need you need deals to be signed, you know, the site of, well, site of money uh, in the future to kind of get any kind of funding for these things typically, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking to get three off-takers for the uh, 10,000 battery modules. Uh, there already have been a lot of these companies approach uh, Fraunhofer IKTS already wanting some of the batteries. And obviously, uh, that's what they they found us to to commercialize it. So uh, we, we think it's an exciting battery technology, uh, and really ideal for the time when you have when you see all these pressures on uh, prices of critical metals like lithium, cobalt, uh, and and copper, and so on. No, that's no, very very exciting. I mean, re- re- yeah, removing lithium, cobalt, graphite, and copper in terms of cost, fantastic. It's a game changer. Um, wonderful. But again, what, what's the process? I'm trying to understand the commercialization process. What what is the actual process? You've got you're looking for three offtake partners. One of them being your your JV partner, I guess, for yeah. you know to, to tests and so forth because you're, you're you're building and constructing these things for them. But is it is it more a kind of um, you're producing a quantity where other people can sort of test this thing in real life situations, and then you look to sort of future longer term contracts is it really a proof of concept phase that you're going through now and you know will will you get financed off the back of that can you get financed off the back yeah. of that type of scenario? as i mentioned yeah as i mentioned there is a pilot plan a very large pilot plan they're already producing these batteries so we're well past the proof of concept stage what we're doing in that is to design the plan for 100 megawatts so you're producing uh, something like 10,000 modules and basically you're designing that plan uh, as, as a manufacturing plant to produce these ceramic cells, uh, put it into canisters, put it into battery units, burner man- uh, battery management systems, and so on. Uh, as I mentioned, our technology is essentially a ceramic tube with uh, salt granules in there with uh, nickel metal powder, and this ceramic tube sits in a, a metal canister. Uh, that becomes the negative part of the battery there is a positive terminal in the middle of the, the ceramic tube. And when you charge the battery, the sodium ions uh, migrate across the ceramic tube to form molten sodium, which is the anode part of the battery. So it forms molten sodium. And when it discharges, the, the molten sodium discharges. So it's a self-forming anode uh, in the battery. Uh, and uh, and it operates around 300 degrees internally. It's fully insulated, so on the outside of the module, it's actually, you can touch it. And and because of that internal temperature, it's, I guess the analogy is a bit like a mammal. It can operate in a very cold climates, and also it can operate in, in a very hot, extreme conditions. So uh, a very exciting technology that we, we're bringing to the market. Obviously, once we get the 100 megawatt plan up and running, our vision is to go into a giga, giga factory where we're producing 
many thousands of these modules. I, 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 I totally get it. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep going on the commercial bit because that's, that's your job, right? That's what they signed up with you for, entrepreneurial and commercialization. So I get the benefits of, with regards to the, um, you know, the, the, the temperature range has significantly increased from 15 to 35 to minus 15 to 60. Fantastic use case there. Fireproof um, in terms of, you know, you don't get any of these runaways or these big, big fires that we see in the in the press quite often. And the reduction in terms of the cost because the, you know, reduction in terms of the commodities, which you need to, or metals that you need to put, put in here. But the, the, the demo, the pilot demo, full commercial production um, process is well understood in, 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 the, in, the, in the space. So I'm trying to get a sense of what you, what, they have learned and therefore what you now know about the, the, the pilot phase moving into demo and how um, you know, and what you want to do during that demo phase. Who's going to test it? Which markets are you aiming for? Which markets are wanting to interact with you as a potential solution? How long that phase is? And then how do you make money, right? When do you make money? Those sorts of questions. So I appreciate there's only so much you can tell us, but can you give us more on that front? Yeah, so the, the 12 months of the bankable feasibility studies, as I said, designing the plan, uh, really taking us, you're, you're scaling up, Matthew. So they've already produced this in the pilot plan, but you're taking that equipment and you're scaling it up to 100 megawatts and you're designing that factory. Uh, you, you're then designing the labour and all the materials that is required. You're sorting out supplies for all that. Uh, the canisters, the 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 alumina, all all those things that needed to be sorted out, uh, and then uh, once we get to the bankable feasibility study, we will know what the capital cost is, and we will know what the operating cost is, and then we would go to the funding stage, and we would raise the money e either in grants, debt, or equity, to then build the, the factory, uh, and and the the factory will take maybe 18 months to build. Uh, 18 months later, you're producing your first batteries and you've already got your customers lined up. They will start taking the modules and putting it into grid storage applications. Right, okay. So and you, that's when you start making money. Uh, for, sure, for sure, I understand that. that. That's just kind of like, you know, fairly, fairly generic process there. But I'm, what I'm wondering is, in terms of the economics, is, you know, what have you learned or what has Franz Hoffer been able to tell you? Because you're going straight into bankable feasibility study phase, right? So have there been any economic studies to this point to give you at least some sense of what this could look like other than, hey, we've got a, you know, a ton less um, metals in there, so it's bound to be really, really cheap. But how, how do you... How do you walk into this with your eyes open, as it were? Yeah, well, so Fraunhofer have a very sophisticated um, simulation and, and uh, financial models that uh, has given us a lot of comfort of what we think the operating costs of these batteries are going to be, because we wouldn't be launching into this uh, if we didn't have confidence that uh, we are going to be making... Uh, money at the end of this process. So, as I mentioned, the batteries are 40 to 50% cheaper than lithium-ion batteries, uh, and 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 that is really based on a lot of modelling and simulation that Fraunhofer has done over the eight years. So we're re relying a lot of that information, and 
uh, we're very confident that this is going to be uh, a very competitive battery technology. Uh, just from the fact that you know we don't have any lithium, you know we don't have any cobalt, we don't have any graphite, and we don't have any copper. From a, a layman's point of view, that just makes sense that it's going to be a cheaper battery. Uh, all we have is a ceramic tube, salt, and nickel metal uh, in a canister. No, I, I get the common sense approach to it, but I just, I just wanted to test it because there's going to be a robustness behind this as well uh, as the kind of more obvious stuff. Um, can I, can I? So that sounds super, super exciting, and that's a process you're going to go through. How much money are you going to need to spend to kind of get through to the end of the BFS phase? How much are you factoring in? Have you got that money now? Will you need to go and raise that money? Yeah, so we essentially have the the, the money for the DFS phase. Um, and, you know, obviously it's co uh, commercially confident, confidential about that, but uh, we are fully funded to, to uh, get to the DFS stage. Uh, we've got uh, 10.5 million at the moment in the bank and we are expecting about uh, 7 to 8 million coming in from a sale of uh, a German subsidiary already that has been announced. So we are fully funded. Um, uh, we are working with the Fraunhofer people, so they developed a technology. We have a whole team of nearly 20 to 25 people that will be joining us as part of the feasibility study. Uh, we are not going to reinvent the wheel. They already know uh, how to get to commercialization. We're essentially uh, funding that process and giving them a, a free 25% free carry of the joint venture. Okay, that, that's interesting. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Well, look, um, super, super exciting um, uh, project. Um, we can't wait to see how this progresses as we move forward. Um, what about the rest of the projects when, that we've talked about in, in the past? Are they going to now be parked up on the sideline? Yeah, no, no. We still are focused on the Salumina Anno project, which I talked to you last time about coating silicon metal and coating graphite. So that project is still uh, running. We are building the pilot plan on that project and doing the bankable feasibility study from that. So essentially, we've got a leg in two camps. We've got a leg in the lithium-ion battery camp, and we've got a leg in the alternate, which is essentially a sodium uh, battery. So, uh, and, and as you know, Matthew, sodium is a very reactive material. It actually sits under lithium in under the periodic table, which shows how reactive it is. Uh, and and sodium is free, uh, freely available in common table salt. And there's a lot of it. <laughs> there's a lot of it. Um, so, okay. So all, all kind of good news. So we're saying with the, with the, with the lithium iron project, that is focused uh, on the mobile EV. Yeah. Um, with the with the um, solid the limited state solid state batteries, we're we're looking at grid storage, so slightly uh, different absolutely. markets. Yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely makes makes sense. So that, so we should be looking at both projects in parallel. We shouldn't be so you don't necessarily prefer one child over the other in this case. Then exactly, yeah, and and no cannibalization of uh, markets. Even better, yeah. Iggy, uh, super super exciting uh, news. Um, like I said. I'm really keen to see how this progresses and want, want to see what the take-up is and see, um, uh, you know, who um, may come to your side and who may be interested in this as we move forward. So I appreciate your time today, Iggy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Matthew.